0: Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Ari Palmer, a self-defined tax nerd turned co-founder and CEO of the exciting
1: startup, TaxTaker. In this episode, Ari is going to tell us about moving interstate to start her company and shares her unmissable advice on the do's and don'ts of joining startup accelerator programs. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Ari, how are you?
0: Hey Nat, I'm great. How are you? Good. It's beautiful in Sydney. How's it in Texas today? It is hot as ever in Texas.
2: We are under 90 degrees. Hey, well, uh, I, Fahrenheit I mean, though, which is which is a big jump. So so not the hundreds, which we love. Is it dry there? You know, I'm from I'm from California, so I just think it's not as great, you know. As yeah. California at all times. I think it's humid. Other folks are like, oh, it's it's not bad. It's not humid. Have you been to Houston? And I'm like, everything's
0: humid in Texas. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're definitely spoiled. Have you seen like spiders and rattlesnakes or anything like that? You know, that's actually a
2: funny question. I haven't seen any real big spiders, but I actually saw my first snake after four years of oh. living here uh, in the city. In the city of all places. Oh my God. And I was yeah. like, no way. I've been out I've been out to a couple of ranches, been lucky, haven't seen any kind of bad creatures, but of all places, right
1: downtown Austin, yeah. just walking down the sidewalk and it was right in front of me. I was like,
0: Wow. Ah. I'm like, Hello.
1: <laughs> so how did you end up in Austin? Um you're originally from California. Yeah, is that right? yeah
0: tell
2: us. Yeah, that's right. So I actually uh, spent uh, many years really on airplanes with my home base in California doing consulting and uh, an opportunity presented itself. Actually, I was working with my father. He's run a tax firm for 40 years and he had a ton of business that kind of was surging in the middle of uh, the States as well as the uh, mid-Atlantic and he really needed another office to be more centrally located for his clients so quite literally he kind of took a poll around the office and was like hey who who'd be interested in going to maybe like austin and i was like yeah and raised my hand and i looked around
0: and it was crickets i was like why is that weird (laughs) dude i love austin austin's amazing like the culture's so cool yeah
2: it is so cool. There's so much going on. And being a Cal- Californian, I was like, why why not try and live somewhere? You know, anyone can live somewhere for a year. Yeah. So I was like, if I, that means me helping build an office here in Austin for a year, so be it. I, if I have to get on an airplane, I only have to go half the distance because I'm in the middle of the country. Yeah. And Texas is cool especially Austin it's kind of like this little blue dot in a sea of
0: in a sea of red and and there's oh, really dude. something
2: for everyone
0: yeah I grew up in Columbus Ohio so it's kind of like a sister city to Austin it's very progressive and um artistic and things like that and it's like a, in a sea of like yeah. farm and rural communities so I totally feel you it's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a
2: you do you vibe. You could have yeah. barbecue or you could be a vegan. You could yeah. you know shoot yeah. guns
0: Right. Or you could be doing yoga. Yeah. You could do it all. <laughs> yeah, you could be a, you could be a, literally a monk and be best friends with like an NRA member. That's that's so funny. I yeah, totally. Yeah, that is really funny. I'd never really thought about that until you just said that. It's um it's interesting. It's a real melting pot. Yeah. And you end up It really be- is. Right. You end up building common consensus or common consen- I don't know, consensus itself with people who are completely different from you when yeah. you grow up in places like that or when you live in places like that.
2: So, yeah, so, I uh, mean, I have made friends with folks from both coasts and, you know, everyone just kind of comes here for a good vibe. Everyone kind of just adheres to a good vibe down here. So it's good times. I definitely recommend coming and visiting.
0: Woohoo! Um, but you are quite impressive. So yeah. if I do say so myself. So you oh, have thank you, thank you. <laughs> founded a pretty Amazing startup, and we want to hear all about it. So, tell us about you, other than the Cali to Austin transition. How did you become who you are? Thank you guys so much, making me blush right on the screen. <laughs> Don't blush, uh, you burned
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, so uh, really, I have actually not been that that cool. I have been really a tax credit nerd for the majority of my career. Uh, and I try to tell folks that uh, finance and taxes can actually be interesting. So it takes some time for something people to believe me. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, I really built TaxTaker because I saw that there was kind of like a lot of founders stories, kind of a need in the market and an opportunity presented itself. And I figured, well, you know, I think someone's going to do this. So why not it be me? Uh, so actually, when I moved to Austin, I was working with my father and uh, the legislative uh, tax code that I was most focused on was is called the Research and Development Tax Credit. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it actually became a permanent fixture of the federal tax code at the end of Obama's administration. And at that time, it really wasn't really meaningful for startup companies, uh, until it was made permanent and really a key kind of shift was made, um, as part of, of the legislation. And it it now allows for startup companies to more meaningfully benefit. And so I said, geez, there just has to be a way to make this easier and more attainable for young companies because they really just need all the resources that they can get. And people don't typically get into business thinking about their accounting, let alone their taxes, right? Uh, But because of that, often dollars just get left on the table that young companies could be taking advantage of. So really, it was built on, you know, I just I wanted to build a megaphone around that there's non-dilutive funding available to companies nationwide that they're just missing out on all the time. And, and it was really as simple as that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So is your background as a CPA? It's not. I actually did not want anything to do with accounting
2: growing (laughs) up. I thought, you know, I had to go do my own thing, right? I can't just work for the family business and something be handed to me, right? I had a little bit of pride there. Uh, I actually... I want it to be a lot of things. I, I look back <laughs> at my upbringing and, and I think it's kind of those like typical things when you're really young. Like, yeah. I was like, I want to be a dolphin trainer. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a, <laughs> a, to be a dolphin trainer? You want to be a what? What was the other one? I want to, I want to be a pilot. Oh, like, yeah. I want to be all these really cool things. Yeah. Uh, and then going to university, it was actually funny because I signed up uh as an econ major, just because that's what I got into school for. But I immediately was like, nope, not doing that. I'm going right into communications. I want to do broadcast journalism. I want to be on the Today Show. (laughs) Like, that's for me. I saw someone had a recording studio there, and I was like, that's great. I want to do that. And I signed up for classes, and uh, they canceled the program. So I go, oh, no. Uh, Well, I guess there's a lot of people that are on the news that we're also lawyers. So maybe I'll do that. So I actually studied uh, political science, I double majored in political science and communications in university. And truthfully, by way of delaying law school and interning at a startup company, uh, that's how I kind of got my first taste of, of startup life.
1: Oh, wow.
2: uh, and that startup, went down in flames it failed miserably it <laughs> mismanaged their money it didn't have a good market did not have good mark product market fit and uh I kind of came back to my parents with my tail behind between my legs right and I was like ah uh, so it looks like I'm gonna still have to have seven roommates living in Los Angeles like
0: <laughs> reapply don't you so Las wait how old, how old were you when this happened Oh, I was 22. I was fresh out of oh, college. Dude. Yeah. So you still, like, yeah. seven roommates is still totally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Socially. Totally. And, and that's the job, totally
2: the norm. Yeah. <laughs> the job offers were like yeah the job offers were like oh you this you're going to get this great opportunity you're going to make you know $26,000 oh, uh, with ability for overtime yeah. and 0.0001 percent equity and maybe some <laughs> snacks and i thought maybe some great. snacks cuz you can't <laughs>
0: afford food <laughs> cuz all of your money's yeah. going to rent yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally, uh, and
2: uh, and my parents were just like, "Gosh, Ari, you know, you've got this great education, but you probably should either just keep bartending or go to law school already, you know, yeah. or maybe look at the family business." Uh, so that's actually why I took a look at my my dad's business. And if you know anything about working with family, you definitely start at the bottom of the totem pole. But mm-hmm. it was better than living with with seven people and. Just affording snacks—that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So,
1: so, so you worked your way up through um, his business. So, what exactly did he do? So, was he a tax accountant or? Yes. Yeah, so he's run a specialty
2: tax accounting firm for forty years. Uh, actually, wow. he is from Texas originally. Moved the business out of California because he had some Fortune fifty clients and yeah. was really big in in helping California businesses mm. uh, with a multitude of different tax incentives. And he he basically was like, "Ari, right, if you liked working with startups, we work with technology companies all the time, and they typically like us." because we save them a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you mean to tell me I can go up to San Francisco and you know meet with companies that in 1 hour I'm we're talking to people that are sending satellites into space like quite literally or other companies that are making the next what's now Apple watches right so I was immediately hooked and as in my early 20s it it afforded me an opportunity to really meet with innovators and creators and decision makers that I I would have probably had to wait a
1: lot longer uh to do yeah that's amazing so you saw this gap in the market for um what a, a platform that could essentially automate the R&D tax grants then for businesses? Is, was that the thinking behind how you started it?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, we ha- because we had so many accounting partners uh, across the country that we would help with with this these studies manually. They they actually were coming to us saying it would be really neat if we could kind of clone you like you were at our office all the time, or you know if I had some tool that I could use to help my client. So, actually, Taxtaker was originally built as an accountant tool for for this incentive Uh, and when we launched a little over a year ago uh, what we found was that uh, the adoption worked really well with some of these kind of cloud accountant type firms and it didn't work as well for some of the more the older more traditional firms because they really had to build out kind of a service line around it and so by bootstrapping this business uh, I came actually to the conclusion at the beginning of this year, you know, if we wait around for CPAs to sell our product for us because mm. we were only getting paid when they would actually use the technology. Yeah, uh, I I was like, we're going to die. <laughs> Quite frankly, our go to market strategy isn't working at uh, fast enough for us yeah. at least not to say that i i will completely eliminate the accountant channel they're they're great adopters and they're great advocates for our business uh but our team really had to to kind of come together and say you know we need to shift our our strategy and just go out Go and help the startup companies directly, uh, because we what we found is you know a lot of folks don't have really deep relationships with their accountants when in their kind of formative years yet. Mm-hmm. You know they kind of just think of oh I need to get this done you know once a year, um, or they just haven't forged that that relationship with an accountant quite yet. So uh, we we ended up shifting and and going more directly to companies. And then the pandemic hit mm. and uh, never has there been a time, you know, where businesses were looking more to their government than ever before for, for relief and for yeah. help. Uh, so we were very fortunate that we were able to help in, in some small way on that front. And we really witnessed explosive uh, explosive growth there. So we're, we're really thrilled about it.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, I was going to ask, do you think that the pandemic in a way has helped your business? A hundred percent. It was an unintended uh, event, but it was absolutely a catalyst
2: to, to connect and help more, more startup founders just because, you know, uh, businesses have had to get scrappy, right? Fund all of a sudden companies that were in the middle of fundraising, you know, they put some pauses there and now you're starting to see that come back. But still Mm -hmm. for early stage businesses, the climate isn't necessarily where it was, Uh, prior right so they're they have to kind of look for alternative ways to extend their runway and so this is one kind of non-dilutive program uh, that can be a powerful kind of part of their toolkit
1: yeah it's it's such a good idea honestly I mean what would your like strategy have been if the pandemic hadn't had happened what how would you have you know gone after the growth in that situation because you yeah, just pivoted so right we were
2: all, yeah we had just pivoted but um but truthfully we'd been forging relationships with accelerator for accelerators across the country and vc firms uh by fundraising ourselves mm-hmm. so we were already getting healthy uh healthy deal flow through some of those advocates in addition to our accounting partners so We would have survived regardless of of the pandemic, uh, but it it wouldn't have been as much volume uh, had it not been such a popular time to be looking at. Uh, government relief. yeah. Um, but yeah, accelerators that, you know, they're looking for resources for their for their startup communities and these VCs that want to see their portfolio companies do well and be taking advantage of, you know, the best strategies that are at their disposal. Those have been really excellent partners
1: for us um, as we've grown. Yeah, and this is actually one of the things that I was really looking forward to asking you about is that through TaxTaker, you're actually part of a startup accelerator, aren't you? Yeah. Um... What, what yes, yes. We've gone through a few. Yeah, we've
2: actually gone through a few. We went, uh, we originally uh, went through, uh, which is was ahead of its time, really, because now we're seeing a, the total shift to virtual. We went through a virtual accelerator that really was great in building kind of the foundations and the building blocks of our business as mm. we were kind of putting all these strategies together and actually in our initial uh, product development before we even pilot testing it. Pa- excuse me, before we pilot tested. And that was called New Chip. And they're actually based out of Austin, Texas. And they've seen know explosive them. growth because <gasps> they've been in- Oh, great. Great. Yeah. They are hustlers. I mean, they can look at your business and just just like just checklist all these things that you should be doing and really I I kind of look at them like if you if you work with them uh, especially in your ideation and your formation of your business I mean
1: it's kind of like getting a mini MBA if you will for entrepreneurship how does it actually work then with a startup accelerator I'd love to kind of know more about why you wanted to do it and what actually happens when you're in one
2: Sure, sure. Um, and so I'll kind of take you through my journey through each accelerator uh, that I worked with. Uh, and because after New Chip, we went on to Capital Factory, which is really the largest accelerator in the center of entrepreneurship here in Austin, uh, with a big physical location, as well as kind of national brand. Uh, and then we then this past uh, Summer, we went through the Global Accelerator Network uh, via uh, a satellite out of Tampa, Florida, which was which was really neat. So maybe taking kind of a quick step back, I mean, an accelerator, accelerators have become increasingly more popular over the last decade, and and they're kind of interchangeable with incubators or kind of like startup hubs, um, but basically, you know, folks that are looking into accelerators uh, are really looking for, you know, help and eyes on their business to help them, you know, form kind of, grow and 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 scale so there's a lot of different accelerators out there now there's very hyper specific industry accelerators whether you're in healthcare or CPG or fintech uh, there's almost an accelerator out there for anyone yeah uh, but then there's also some that are that are you know kind of like the blue chip kind of names out there like you I'm sure everyone's heard of you know the y combinators and the tech stars they're kind of like the Harvards and the Yales of of accelerators and can be hyper competitive, yeah. right? So, but but at the end of at the end of the day, uh, ex, an accelerator is most usually defined as like a fixed term kind of cohort based program that that includes mentors and kind of educational components uh that are aimed to kind of support and help you as you're building your company for for an amount of time and and usually they result in some type of kind of pitch event or or demo day kind of at, at the culmination or completion of 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 the program
1: awesome so do they kind of help you to put together a pitch deck and like all of the kind of foundations that you need to get your company ready for investment
2: yeah that's basically where why most businesses go into an accelerator is for the outcome of being set up to fundraise at mm-hmm. the culmination mm-hmm. of the program uh, it, for us uh, that was very much the case uh, through our kind of journey from new chip to capital factory and then and then the GAN Accelerator at Tampa Bay Wave. New Chip was kind of, I want to put more things on paper. You know, I have all these ideas. I'm actually starting to build product, but I really want to, you know, put pen to paper on the business and make sure I'm really organized mm. uh, too. And I have my my... What I think my customer is defined well, you know. What I feel like my go-to-market strategies are going to be, uh, and then with Capital Factory, I I applied to Capital Factory because I was very intentional to excuse me intentional mm-hmm. about uh, wanting to fundraise, wanting certain mentorship and yeah. certain eyes on our business, as, and then truthfully customers right because we are helping startup co- companies so why not go to the biggest startup hub that's in my own city right uh and then the perfect and club. then with the <laughs> Exactly. The perfect plan, right? Yes. The twiddling of the the, the twiddling
0: of the hands,
2: you know, like, oh, I've
0: got it. Right? She's got Mr. Bigglesworth <laughs> in her lap and she's just like, yes. and next I take over the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One billion. <laughs> One billion That's awesome as well because do you then get to have access to the other startups so you can ask them questions about their business and kind of find out their problems so that you can improve TaxTaker as well?
2: Yes, and and truthfully that's one of the best things about these accelerators. You know, we're so positioned to share our highlight reels all the time, especially when we're, you know, in front of investors and and, you know, and 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 some kind of higher profile mentors. Mm-hmm. So the ability to just be able to have powwows with founders and really share you know what's working and sometimes most importantly what's not working yeah it's so invaluable right because we're we're literally going to be going through many of the same challenges and roadblocks and 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 all sorts of things um so it's neat to be able to build some of that camaraderie uh with other founders and it's motivating too you see people do well And you're like, this is, I'm here for it. Yeah. It's amazing. It rubs off on you. Community. Community, really. Yeah, definitely.
1: Totally. It's quite like a lonely world being a startup founder as well. So having a community to help support you, it's kind of then like your kind of outsourced colleagues. Yeah. (laughs) Where you've got the support. (laughs) But they're not actually working with you.
2: Oh, yes, I know WeWork is I know WeWork is such a controversial name now, but when I moved to Austin before our, our office was ready, I was so happy to go to a WeWork because yeah. I knew no one in Austin when I moved and I was like, "Oh, I kind of have co-workers." Just that like mm. feeling <laughs> of people being around and me not feeling like such a loser was was so Aww. nice and then with <laughs> With uh, oh no it's 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 all good I, I had a dog and I was able to make friends that way too but uh, oh using uh, the puppy yeah, as friend and, bait I
0: like that yeah
2: <laughs> oh a hundred percent oh and and I actually uh, besides f- successfully going through a seed raise uh, this summer yeah uh, my other. Uh, really highlight of, of the pandemic was I got a pandemic proposal and I'm now engaged. Oh, and-
0: congrats. <laughs> yes. <That was> amazing. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank you. A very big perk of 2020, but my fiance knew exactly what he was doing. I met him at a dog park with his three month old puppy. And he <laughs> says, he was like, yep.
0: It was a working dog. I was like, oh, huh. I know it, you. Know.
1: <laughs> that
0: is so funny. <laughs> but it can be hard actually. I mean, you were you were in a new city away from your friends, you know, starting a new thing or away from your old friends, that kind of thing. Um yeah. that that's hard. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, it is. I I attribute me being an only child to like the only kind of sense of Being alone is is okay. I'm comfortable with myself in that way. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's it's a very weird feeling when all of a sudden, you know, my mom helped me move right, and she leaves, and I'm like, I'm in another state, all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone. Yeah. I have a pug. He's pretty cool, but like. You know, can't really talk to them yeah. very much. <laughs> yeah, So it forces you to get out of your comfort zone, mm. very much like starting a company. You know, you're at, as a founder, you know, even though, you know, you've probably done a lot of different things and you have a lot of skill sets to build, you know, your company, there's a lot of things you haven't done before. And you're, you're kind of alone in that to kind of figure certain things out because no one's going to do it for you. I mean, the great thing about these networks, and I think one of the biggest, you know, benefits of joining you know, with this kind of top of accelerators that you can get, if you ask for it, there's this community of such willing people. It's really amazing. You can yeah. get so many eyes on your business and so many help with different areas of your business. But at the end of the day, it's on you. And and that's why so many people say, you know, being a founder is can be one of the loneliest journeys because, you know at the end of the day you've got to figure it out yeah and
1: you've got to prioritize the business over making friends and having loads of social life because you actually just have to work more and that I think contributes to the loneliness Mm -hmm. as well sometimes and you just got to have that bigger picture in in your mind yeah
0: I think it's like that being a a leader of any sort I mean Mm -hmm. at least for me it's been definitely like there are just things I have to do yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. hey Ari I really Mm want to find out more about your seed raise but just before that like Do you have any advice for do's and don'ts with applying for a startup accelerator? Yes,
0: please. (laughs) Yes,
1: 100%. Okay, so
2: not to set this is going to probably sound like the tax credit nerd in me, but like (laughs) having those kind of smart goals. If you haven't heard of SMART, Uh, it's, it's an acronym Mm -hmm. for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. And why I think that matters is I think that there's, because it's very easy to start an accelerator, you know, some of these accelerators are very competitive to get into, but others, you know, if you pick they'll just take some of your money and you kind of get in. So you want to be kind of careful there. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to be very specific of what are your needs? You know, are, are you going in, you know, because you need to find, find a co-founder. That's, that's a big thing for some founders. They're looking for maybe a technical co-founder, or maybe if they're an engineer that has this brilliant technology that they just can't wait to start, but they need, you know, they need someone to be kind of that, that marketer or that kind of more sales or operational person. Mm -hmm. Um, or are you looking to gain customers like like me right i was looking to get early adopters um are you looking to fundraise maybe it's all of the above yeah. but i think a lot of a lot of companies they just go into these because it sounds like a good time it kind of sounds like all of a sudden, it's going to make them this overnight success. Mm-hmm. But with everything, right, you know, you get what you put into these. So I think it's really important to be specific and then, you know, check in on yourself. You know, are you me- are, are you measuring your wants with what's actually happening and, and, and are those attainable? Um, it's very easy to jo- join an accelerator and get very distracted, right? Because there's all these exciting things going on and there's all these really interesting tracks that you could l- listen in on and go to these events or these happy hours or hear from this, you know, brilliant investor. And while all those things matter and they add up, well, to show up, at the end of the day, you've got to be working on your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Um, so, so I think that's also, that's a do and a don't, right? Like go in with intention, but also like, don't forget why you're there, right? You're there to build your business. Um, and, and then another thing, uh, -hmm. and I think my do's and don'ts kind of are are one and the same in in that, you know, forgetting to also kind of read the fine print of the terms of the accelerator, Mm -hmm. uh, some accelerators are very different from others in, in the sense of some take equity. yeah. Uh, some will give you money to, to kind of get started. Uh, uh, the, the Y Combinators and the tech stars are, are like I mentioned earlier, uh, kind of the Ivy leagues of accelerators and, uh, they do take a portion of your business and they also give you money, yeah. you know, to kind of tie you over for a few months, um, to work on your business. Uh, but there's a number of accelerators, you know, if you do have, you know, the, the runway to, and you don't, you're not in a position where you need to be giving up equity. There's, there's many accelerators. Accelerators that are zero equity mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of it. Everyone, all these accelerators, at the end of the day, you know, it's important to remember they're also a business, mm-hmm. right? They're they're not in it, you know, to to not benefit from you being there, right? So yeah. uh they they make money with you being there. They've got sponsors and they've also got a, you know, they're looking for great companies and they have uh, very, you know, heuristic looks, and they're very supportive and good, and generally good, you know, and they have the best intent. But uh, it's it's important to read the fine print. Uh, other other uh, some accelerators. Um, as well are are more boot camp style, where no matter what type of company you are, you're gonna go through kind of the same programming. And that's designed and, and can work really well for a number of companies. But other companies, you know, maybe they're a little bit further along and they just have a few really specific goals to attain. So more of the freestyle. Uh, kind of accelerator might be a better fit for them. Yeah. Um, to kind of put it in a perspective, uh, Capital Factories is a freestyle accelerator. You get in and you you meet with many pillars of their team and they say, what are your needs? And then they help you kind of go after uh, those things, but other accelerators um, are kind of that more boot camp. They've got a design through kind of mm-hmm. finance, marketing, operations, development, etc. That works really well and can can also keep a company kind of disciplined. Yeah. Um. But it's really what what do you need? And and what what are you looking for and what would be a what what does success look like for for you at the that the culmination of the program?
1: Yeah. And not to go in thinking like if I'm part of this, then all of a sudden, like you said before, I'm gonna be an overnight success. Oh, yeah. I think that's like that's such a I think the word accelerator kind of makes you feel like you're just gonna be like fast track to yeah. <laughs> from zero. You to could a be accelerated dollars. and it still could
0: not work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Totally. It's that it's that kind of age old adage you know, if you build it, we'll cut, they'll come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, if I'm here, all of a sudden I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be the next PayPal or, right. you know, Stripe. But like, it's just, that's, that's just not the case. So it's right. still, you know, it's still, a, it's a still a long road, although you are creating opportunities mm-hmm. to you know, expand your network, meet other great companies, meet mentors. It's pretty amazing the the amount of mentorship that's available from people that have built wildly successful companies with multiple exits that you might have more direct access to. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. There's so many positives, and I say, you know, you do that, go into those, take advantage of those, but also don't be distracted. That you know, from you know, at the end of the day, it's on you to build
1: yeah yeah right, right so it was success for you raising a seed round is that what you wanted out of your startup accelerator <laughs>
2: yeah so from new chip it was like build the foundation mm-hmm. with capital factory it was like attract investors and yeah. then and customers and then for gan it was like build the megaphone right yeah um because we had shifted the our go-to-market strategy let's kind of go back and, and, and really kind of double down on this new go to market. So, I I truly believe that all of those accelerators served each of those purposes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coming out of New Ship, we were able to kind of have our initial foundation and framework and understanding of, you know, eventually we were going to be fundraising and and what that means and and starting to practice with that. Uh, And then with Capital Factory, they were highly instrumental in getting us in front of lots of companies and lots of investors, uh, both in Texas and across. Across the country, uh, and we were able to meet uh, our our lead fairly quickly uh, for going through that program. Awesome. Uh, and then um, with the, with a GAN accelerator, um, it's exactly what we wanted. We wanted more eyes on our business. We wanted additional mentorship. We wanted to build the megaphone with additional accelerators and and venture capital firms. So, for us, I, I would say it was really a success on all fronts. Was it easy? No. Was it time-consuming? Absolutely. Yeah. Did I get distracted? Yes, <laughs> all the time. Uh, but uh, it really lent itself to to really helping helping support TaxTaker as a whole. So um, I have many, many wonderful things to say about all the programs that we went through.
1: That's amazing. And now you've, you've done a successful seed round in the summer of 2020 of all years. Like that's a real achievement as well. What are your goals now for TaxTaker? Like what, what's what's this raise for?
2: sure so our raise uh truly is going to kind of the the needs uh in which we realized uh that our customers wanted so we're we're, we're kind of going in and finally able to develop upon uh some of the initiatives that we had, had been wanting to do for some time but you know waiting through fundraising and, and and it's always lengthier than you expect really kept us disciplined and had really a lot of customer conversations so we found that our customers they want Uh, a more kind of live tracking of their savings. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't want to just engage with us once a year. They kind of want uh, to be able to be able to see what's available to them all throughout the year. Um, And then we're integrating with their existing tech stacks, which is great. It makes us... Speed up the process even faster, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, what we're really excited about for taker with this money too is we're going to be able to start uh, we're basically uh, showing other savings opportunities on a more consistent basis. Uh, so kind of being that one stop shop for for savings and non dilutive funding for startups, so that we can you know just continue to always kind of be on their radar of of, of what's out there for them because. Again, you know, we're all running our businesses. We're not just trying to be searching for, you know, searching legislation for, Tax strategies and grants all the time, right? Yeah. Yep. Um. So we're we really want to be that hub and kind of that proactive advisor on their behalf. And then, and then some sort of the rest of the use of funds will will finally go to hiring some more folks and servicing our clients and um some marketing and sales. But we're, we're just excited, we want to get we have over a hundred customers now. We've saved companies over five million dollars. Wow. We're wow. just getting started. So oh yeah, gosh. we've got some loft. Goals. But yeah, to to Mr.
0: Bigglesworth's point, you know, one billion. That's where we want to go. We want to save billion. <laughs> so your brand strategy, I think that's quite interesting. You started as this company and startup that could save, you know, startups money on taxes, but now you're like, well, we can save them money in lots of areas. So let's just do that. Right? So yeah, that's yeah, quite definitely. that's Our, amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, our core, our core offering really
2: is, is the R&D credit It is it is such a powerful incentive. Um, it, it It's available in most developed countries, but that's the second question we get from our customers. It's so funny, even, and, and potential customers, they finally hear about this and they say, oh my gosh, I can save how much? Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and they go, okay, what else? So we're like, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we tackle that? What else?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh Ari, I think it's amazing what you're doing for the startup community and businesses all over the U.S., and I'm really excited to see how your company grows, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. Great tips. Absolutely. And where can people find you if they want to work with you? Yes, absolutely. So we're very easy to find. It's quite literally
2: taxtaker.com, T-A-X-T-A-K-E-R.com, and my email. I, I love to just tell people my email. I don't mind getting spammed. It's A-R-I <laughs> at taxtaker.com. All <laughs> right. <laughs> because A-R-I. we provide free estimates all the all day long. Yep. All right. And thank you, ladies, so much. It was such a treat to be with both of you today. Um, thank you so much for helping support us um to support startups. So yeah, very of grateful course, for your time of course.
0: As well we're in awe we love you've it you've done a great job <laughs> and we can't wait to see what you do next so oh,
1: very good we'll, we'll chat thank soon you, thank, Ari. You. thank you bye. bye sounds great thank you bye this podcast was brought to you by invoice to go we're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe and we're helping close the gender-based pay gap Because the current U.S. gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.